0: The Dream by Lord Byron From the World's Best Poetry, Volume 3, Sorrow and Consolation, Part 1 Read for LibriVox.org by Gabi The Dream Our life is twofold, sleep hath its own world, A boundary between the things misnamed, death and existence sleep hath its own world and a wide realm of wild reality and dreams in their development have breath and tears and tortures and the touch of joy they leave a weight upon our waking thoughts they take a weight from off our waking toils they do divide our being they become a portion of ourselves as of our time and look like heralds of eternity they pass like spirits of the past they speak like sibyls of the future they have power the tyranny of pleasure and of pain they make us what we were not and shake us with the vision that's gone by the dread of vanished shadows are they so? is not the past all shadow? what are they? creations of the mind? The mind can make substances and people planets of its own with beings brighter than have been and give a breath to forms which can outlive all flesh. I would recall a vision which I dreamed put chance in sleep for in itself a thought a slumbering thought is capable of years and curdles a long life into one hour. I saw two beings in the hues of youth, standing upon a hill, a gentle hill, green and of a mild declivity, the last as it were the cape of a long ridge of such, save that there was no sea to lave its base, but a most living landscape, and the wave of woods and cornfields and the abodes of man scattered at intervals, and smoke arising from such rustic roofs, the hill was crowned with a peculiar diadem of trees, in circular array so fixed not by the sport of nature but of man. These two, a maiden and a youth, were there, gazing, the one on all that was beneath fair as herself, but the boy gazed on her, And both were young, and one was beautiful, And both were young, yet not alike in youth. And the sweet moon on the horizon's verge, The maid was on the eve of womanhood, The boy had fewer summers, But his heart had far outgrown his years, And to his eye there was but one beloved face on earth, And that was shining on him. He had looked upon it till it could not pass away, he had no breath, no being, but in hers. She was his voice, he did not speak to her, but trembled on her words. She was his side, for his eye followed hers and saw with hers, which colored all his objects. He had ceased to live with himself, she was his life. The ocean to the river of his thoughts, which terminated all, upon a tone a touch of hers, his blood would ebb and flow, and his cheek changed tempestuously, his heart unknowing of its cause of agony. But she in these fond feelings had no share. Her sighs were not for him, to her he was even as a brother, but no more. T'was much for brotherless she was, safe in the name, her infant friendship had bestowed on him. Herself the solitary scion left of a time-honored race. It was a name which pleased him, and yet pleased him not, and why? Time taught him a deep answer. When she loved another, even now she loved another, and on the summit of the hill she stood, looking afar if yet her lover's steed, kept pace with her expectancy, and flew a change came over the spirit of my dream. There was an ancient mansion, and before its walls there was a steed caparisoned. Within an antique oratory stood the boy of whom I spake. He was alone, and pale, and pacing to and fro. Anon he sat him down and seized a pen and traced words which I could not guess of. Then he leaned his bowed head on his hands and shook as twere with a convulsion, then arose again, and with his teeth and quivering hands did tear what he had written, but he shed no tears, and he did calm himself and fix his brow into a kind of quiet. As he paused, the lady of his love re-entered there, She was serene and smiling then, and yet she knew she was by him beloved, she knew, for quickly comes such knowledge, that his heart was darkened with her shadow, and she saw that he was wretched, but she saw not all. He rose, and with a cold and gentle grasp he took her hand, a moment over his face, A tablet of unutterable thoughts was traced, and then it faded as it came. He dropped the hand he held, and with slow steps retired, but not as bidding her adieu, for they did part with mutual smiles. He passed from out the messy gate of that old hall, and mounting on his steed he went his way, and never repassed that hoary threshold more. A change came over the spirit of my dream. The boy was sprung to manhood. In the wilds of fiery climes he made himself a home. And his soul drank their sunbeams. He was girt with strange and dusky aspects. He was not himself like what he had been. On the sea and on the shore he was a wanderer. There was a mass of many images, crowded like waves upon me, but he was a part of all, and in the last he lay, reposing from the noontide sultriness, couched among fallen columns, in the shade of ruined walls that had survived the names of those who reared them. By his sleeping side stood camels grazing, and some goodly steeds were fastened near a fountain, and a man, clad in a flowing garb, did watch the while while many of his tribe slumbered around, and they were canopied by the blue sky so cloudless, clear, and purely beautiful that God alone was to be seen in heaven. A change came over the spirit of my dream. The lady of his love was wed with one who did not love her better, in her home, a thousand leagues from his, her native home she dwelled, begirt with growing infancy, daughters and sons of beauty. But behold, upon her face there was the tint of grief, the settled shadow of an inward strife, and an unquiet drooping of the eye, as if its lids were charged with unshed tears. What could her grief be? She had all she loved, And he who had so loved her was not there to trouble with bad hopes or evil wish or ill-repressed affliction, her pure thoughts. What could her grief be? She had loved him not, nor given him cause to deem himself beloved, nor could he be a part of that which preyed upon her mind, a spectre of the past. A change came over the spirit of my dream. The wanderer was returned. I saw him stand before an altar with a gentle bride. Her face was fair, but was not that which made the starlight of his boyhood. As he stood, even at the altar, over his brow there came the selfsame aspect and the quivering shock that in the antique oratory shook his bosom in its solitude, and then... As in that hour, a moment over his face, the tablet of unutterable thoughts was traced, and then it faded as it came. And he stood calm and quiet, and he spoke the fitting vows, but heard not his own words, and all things reeled around him. He could see not that which was, nor that which should have been, but the old mansion and the accustomed hall, and the remembered chambers, and the place, the day, the hour, the sunshine, and the shade, all things pertaining to that place and hour, and her, who was his destiny, came back and thrust themselves between him and the light. What business had they there at such a time? A change came over the spirit of my dream, the lady of his love, Oh, she was changed as by the sickness of the soul. Her mind had wandered from its dwelling, and her eyes, they had not their own lustre, but the look which is not of the earth. She was become the queen of a fantastic realm. Her thoughts were combinations of disjointed things and forms impalpable and unperceived of other sight familiar were to hers. And this the world calls frenzy, but the wise have a far deeper madness, and the glance of melancholy is a fearful gift. What is it but the telescope of truth, which strips the distance of its fantasies and brings life near in utter nakedness, making the cold reality too real? A change came over the spirit of my dream. The wanderer was alone as heretofore. The beings which surrounded him were gone, or were at war with him. He was a mark for blight and desolation, compassed round with hatred and contention. Pain was mixed in all which was served up to him, until, like to the pontic monarch of old days, he fed on poisons, and they had no power, but were a kind of nutriment. He lived through that which had been death to many men and made him friends of mountains. With the stars and the quick spirit of the universe he held his dialogues and they did teach to him the magic of the mysteries. To him the book of night was opened wide and voices from the deep abyss revealed a marvel and a secret. Be it so. My dream was past. It had no further change. It was of a strange order that the doom of these two creatures should be thus traced out almost like a reality, the one to end in madness, both in misery. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.